and welcome to the Service Operations Podcast. I am your host, Satinder Kaur. Our guests are from different industries and functions. They will share their experience, strategies and the changing landscape to help you take the service operations of your business to the next level. Hi Ranjit, nice to have you on this podcast, Service Operations Podcast. Actually, we are seeing each other after like a real, real long time. I think maybe more than 10 years for sure. For uh, the listeners, Ranjit Nair is the CEO of Germinate Solutions. Uh, this is into the space of social media analytics and uh, consumer insights. So Ranjit, tell us about what you did before you started Germinate and how the journey of Germinate has been. Thanks a lot. So first of all, thank you for inviting me to be part of this podcast. I think, uh, like you said, uh, we're seeing each other after close to 10 years. And even now, it's only virtually. Um, so to begin, my, I'll t- tell you a little bit about my own journey. Uh, I started off as a, a PhD student in the US at the University of Southern California doing my PhD in computer science focusing on artificial intelligence. And post that, I worked as a research scientist at at Honeywell Labs in Minneapolis. Uh, But my heart was always keen on being an entrepreneur and uh, and doing that in India. So I moved back to India towards the end of 2006 um, and set up Germinate soon after that. And uh, the idea behind Germinate was to take ideas which could be either from the business on the business side or from the AI research side and try and find a marriage between the two so that we're using AI to solve real commercial problems and germinating new products. So that's the word, the, the word germinating was where the word, the name germinate came from. Okay. And so that was really with the intention behind the company. In the initial years, we were focused more on building products for our clients. And we were sort of more in an IT services mode, but we were focused always on products themselves and not just maintenance services projects and things like that. And we wanted to make sure that there was AI in every one of the products that we worked on. And while this journey was going on, working for other other companies, building their products, we were constantly on the lookout for uh, our ideas that would uh, result in our own products that we could ourselves make and take to the market. Um, I think around uh, 2009, um, early 2009, we realized that the power of social media had increased tremendously. And uh, on the one hand, you had market research firms who were you know, trying to call people to do interviews and things like that. And the very people that they had to talk to were clamming up. So people like you and me, we don't like taking calls uh, when someone says, I'm calling from XYZ research company. And uh, can you uh, answer a few questions? We might be completely free at that time, but we will still say we're busy and we refuse to take part in these surveys. So on the one hand, the people who needed to be uh, responders on these surveys were clamming up. On the other hand, these same people were happily writing on social media in public, talking about their brand experiences, talking about complaints, talking about product experiences. So when we looked at that, we realized, you know, this is really an opportunity here because on the one hand, you have, um, uh, you know, people really struggling to get these answers. On the other hand, you have people, you know, freely talking. 
So what we said is, you know, it's kind of like the opposite of a survey. Because in a survey, you ask questions and people respond only to those questions. Whereas here on social media, it's almost like people are writing what is top of mind for them. Right. So we said, let's get into the space. And uh, when we when we got into the space, we uh, realized that the applications were much wider than just market research. And we started looking at various other use cases, right from uh, social media research, of course, but also online reputation management, uh, content analysis, social media customer service. We realized that there were so many applications and we started building expertise in each one of those. I think the question then was that how do we get uh, what's being written about us in the social media space, how the data should be collected and presented, be engaged yes. in, yeah. So the initial uh, uh, application the, or the most common application in the early days was uh, where companies were saying, how do I protect myself? Yeah. Right? So they're saying, uh, my reputation is is important. I've done a lot, a lot to build my brand and it can be easily ruined by someone saying something negative on social media and that's spreading. So it was kind of a fear mindset and that risk mindset, uh, which was the was was there in the initial days, uh, and so you're exactly right that you know when we started out, we were really thinking about uh, where all can I get data from, where can I capture those conversations that are happening about me, uh, about my brand, can I get that in real time, uh, can I flag off anything that could hurt reputation and so. But with time. Uh, Brands have themselves evolved. They realized that they can't stop people from writing so uh, or saying or expressing themselves. So brands have become, uh, I would say, more mature in participating in that conversation and also using those conversations as a source of insight. Yeah. So that's really been our journey where we started off with uh, building products for others, then realizing this particular opportunity, uh, starting out first with some simple use cases like protecting brand reputation and now diversifying into multiple other such use cases where the underlying data hasn't changed a whole lot except for new sites coming up coming on board where is your you know i mean uh, what is your area of focus at this moment in terms of you know uh, activity so um i would say that uh, the, the biggest area of focus is around social media customer service right where we have realized that um, people are looking at social media areas which have which continue to be important like online reputation management and uh, social media research but the one area we're seeing a lot of traction is social media customer service and what we're finding is that okay. uh, consumers are looking to social media as their first port of call they are no longer Many of them are not keen on calling up the call center, being put on hold, etc. And they would they realize that brands are paying more attention to what is being said on social media, and they get faster faster response and faster resolution when they write on social media. So it's not just people who want to rant, but also people who want genuine service who are writing to brands on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, and various other such places and uh, are expecting brands to actually pay attention to those conversations and reply. Why do you think this is happening? I mean, why does uh, the customers or the consumers not want to go to the company, but want to put it out on social media? I mean, is it because of the effort involved in reaching out to the company? Yeah, largely because of, 
I think it's largely because of the effort of, you know, calling up, a, uh, finding the company's uh, call center number, then calling up, being put on wait, then reaching someone, maybe not reaching the right person and, you know, being uh, given the runaround, you know, so they've experienced that with multiple companies. And then they, they realize that if they write on social media, they get faster resolution. So then they've started doing that to every, for everybody. And uh, then, and then when they get a good experience with one or two companies on social media, they get very, very fast replies. Then that becomes the benchmark and they expect all companies to be equally fast. Well, it's changed the way, uh, you know, uh, a consumer reaches out to the company. And now while I'm talking to you, I'm also realizing that you have a wealth of information by virtue of the work that sure. you do. How do you ensure that, you know, this is noticed by the company and that they do something about it? Is that, uh, you know, arrangement there or is it that you just give information and leave it to no, them? So it's, uh, I think we're very conscious about uh, it in our very first interaction with the client itself to make sure that the insights we provide, the reports we share are going to get consumed, not just by our direct point of contact, but at multiple levels within the organization. So, and we have fine giving a detailed report, a, deep, a detailed report to an analyst, and then creating a very succinct, very short, you know, uh, uh, you know, a set of slides, uh, maybe a five set, a set of five slides, which is for senior management. So it's the same content, but then it's, uh, you know, it's summarized well, and the real gist of it is uh, provided to senior management. Uh, and this way, what we, we can do is what we, we're doing, we're showing that we're conscious of the of man, management's time. And at the same time, if they want the details, they're, all, they're also provided. Um, from the very start, we do this. From the very first meeting, we make sure that we've understood what the client's uh, requirements are, that we know what actions they're able to take. And they're also aware of what kind of insights we're providing them and how they can use that. And uh, so that's at the start. And then with every monthly meeting, we take feedback from them in terms of, okay, are our reports useful? Uh, can you tell us about some decisions you made using our analysis? And so we're also constantly getting feedback from them and learning from that and improving our, our own analysis and insights. That's very interesting. Actually, I'm, I'm again and again, you know, thinking that you really are a storehouse of knowledge because there's so much that, you know, so have you tried some kind of benchmarking exercises? Because you would be dealing with, uh, you know, com uh, companies in the same industry. I've done a few benchmarks for a few industries like uh, insurance, um, banking, uh, and hotels, etc. Where there are a large number of uh, brands which are consumer brands uh, in, in engaging sectors. Yeah. And we then benchmark them on various metrics. So right from, uh, you know, what, what is consumer sentiment about each of those brands? to how well are they responding, how customer-centric are those companies uh, in terms of how, how fast do they reply to their clients, uh, how, with what kind of uh, uh, quality measures are they actually replying, right? So that we, we, can, we can, we use this both as, a, uh, as information for our clients so that they know how to get better, but also when we're approaching new customers, we can uh, we can tell them that, you know, this is where you stack stack against your competitors and we can help you get better on these metrics. And you've been like in this space for really long now. 15 years yeah. is a long time. So which is your most successful, uh, you know, insight implementation? I mean, what do you think was the best thing that uh, ever happened? So um, 
I think it's tough to pick up, pick out a point out one, just one, but I'll give you through a, a few examples across different companies. Uh, because there are, you know, some companies who use 80% of our services and other might use 20%, but they do a really good job using that 20%. Right? So uh, it's, it's really across different companies. Um, so, for example, um, uh, the, the, the most, uh, the, the first example I want to take is in terms of uh, social media customer service. So there was this large private bank, which uh, before they worked with us, they had a turnaround of time, which was in several hours. Right? So, uh, in, in term, so if any consumer wrote on social media, by the time an actual reply got to them, to that consumer, you know, four or five hours on average would, would, would pass. Uh, so what we were able to do was we were able to first tell them, you know what, we're going to bring it down to under an hour. And uh, okay. we we said that, and then we, we looked into the data, figured out what kind of, where actually their speeds were getting, where the turnaround time was getting dragged down. There were simple things like, for example, we realized that just by increasing the work hours by a couple of hours each day, uh, we were able to uh, respond to many more uh, uh, complaints on the same day itself rather than it going the next day. And because we realized that a lot of the complaints were coming in when people were on their way back home after they had finished their birthday. Right? So uh, doing simple things like that, we were able to you know, very quickly respond to these customers. We were able to improve the, we, we added many more ways of responding, uh, added many more, uh, much more better training of the people responding so that they cover, they have an in-depth product knowledge. So a lot of things can get resolved by the, in the first response itself, so that it doesn't have to go back to a customer service team at the back end who then suggests a reply and then it gets posted. So with that, we uh, brought the time down to under an hour. Uh, today, it is at around six to seven minutes in terms of the median turnaround time because of this continuous. Yeah. So that's one example. Uh, another example is, for, is from uh, a cosmetics company. Uh, it's a very different field, right? And this company wanted to come up with a new type of hair dye, right? So they, um, the hair dyes which are in the mar Indian market at that time were typically powder-based hair dyes or liquid hair dyes. And both are kind of messy to apply. So they wanted to introduce a foam-based hair dye, but they had not yet figured out, they had not yet done their research, their market research in terms of what the Indian, what, what the market needs in terms of the product features and so forth. Uh, a typical way would be to do a focus group discussion, call a bunch of potential users in the room, talk to them, understand their experience and so forth. Uh, but because there were no competitors who had this product in India, they would have had to do this in developed markets outside of India. So we said, you know what, let's do it a little differently. We will uh, identify 15 such products across the world. Uh, we focused on six, six different markets and we picked up all the conversations that were happening around home-based hair dye for these 15 different brands. Okay and help them understand what were the, what do the consumers see as the pros and cons of each of these brands? What were the, what do they think about how long the color lasted? How, what do they think about how easy it was to apply? What do they think about the packaging? What do they think about side effects, color choices, and so forth? And so then when we gave them this report, they were like, 
wow, you got this all from social media at a fraction of the cost, a fraction of the time, right? And they were able to use this yeah. in actually coming up with a concept of their product uh, without having to actually develop something, without having to do these this expensive market research outside India. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> yeah. So just tell me now, you are able to gather information which people uh, write about on social media. That's right. Okay. Uh, so that means uh, there is still some portion of customer feedback where companies need to go to their consumers, right? Uh, so what I described so far is something we call passive listening, right? It is, we are, people are talking about it. Uh, we are almost like a fly on the wall, just passively listening in. And people are talking about what is what is uh, top of mind for them. Now, often what companies need though is they need answers to very specific questions, right? It's very very uh, a very pointed question. So um, we do this in a couple of ways. One is we partner with uh, some primary research companies, and we have them conduct uh, a search uh, with consumers. Um, and this is done in one of two ways. Either it is done at the start, right, where they, they first do the primary research, understand the broad areas, the broad topics where they want a deeper understanding. And then we do social media research on those subtopics. Or alternatively, we uh, do a broad social media listening un and understand the main yeah. themes of the conversation. And then primary research is done on specific uh, subtopics where the customer needs more insights. Uh, the other way we do it is where we um, we ask these questions on specific social media sites and we say very interested in people's opinion on these topics. And then when people write up, write, give their answers, we collect it using this old, the, the earlier approach of passive listening. But here, this is what we call active listening, where we are actually posing questions on social media and then getting answers from uh, consumers all over the world. Yeah, so you have, uh, you know, the distribution and the reach on the yeah. social media. So you're able to get it from all angles, listen as well as, yeah, as well as answer. And also the hybrid model, which is the asking of questions, the voice asking of questions or writing Correct. emails. Uh, my space really is this uh, whole area of the consumer and more of service. Okay, so uh, you as a passive listener, not specific to any company, but as a passive listener, you also um, absorb the insight. So, um, according to you, what do you think, you know, the companies should do uh, that they are not doing today or what should they focus on that they are not focusing on today? Companies are doing a really good job, right? So, it's not, not that I want to put, uh, I, I wouldn't say that the whole industry is uh, lagging behind on these areas. Uh, but I, I think uh, one area where I feel that companies can do a better job is um, in making sure that the replies that go out are not very monotonous and robotic. A lot of companies use uh, a bunch of templates right, to reply to consumers. And when the same templates get used again and again, the consumer feels that they're talking to a robot and not to a human being. Right? Uh, so yeah. I think that a large part of um, a lot that it with better training with uh, less reliance on these fixed templates uh, the actual consumer conversation can be much more intelligent and a lot of the uh, issues that consumers have can be responded to and resolved in the first go itself 
right? So I think that's one thing which company, there are some companies who are making strides in this and they're saying, you know what, it will take us a little bit longer to train this or we need a higher caliber of person to actually reply. But they're saying it's worth it because then we have a, an actual brand connect with the, with the consumer and we're able to possibly convert that person who was may, may have started out as a, as a detractor, but we're able to convert that person into a brand advocate. So this whole, the oh. whole, um, oh. the mentality of such organizations is that uh, we want to treat every possible opportunity of engagement as an opportunity to build a new brand advocate. And um, so then customer service is not seen as purely like a cost center, but you're seeing it as a, as a way of building loyalty, uh, building advocacy. Uh, and I see companies are more and more companies are now beginning to realize that it's not just about uh, replying to people, but it's about connecting with people. According to you, I mean, or in general also, this has increased. Is it, is it increasing over a period of time? Because uh, it's not just, you know, from a reputation perspective, as we right. started off, you know, that people shouldn't talk bad about right. me. It's becoming more acceptable that, yeah, it's normal for, uh, you know, a consumer to write on the on social yes. media. So when we say social media, we talk about mainly uh, Twitter so, or uh, the discussion yeah, forum. Our, our definition of social media is very broad. So we are we're, we're actually thinking of it as we think of it as any user generated content forum. Right. So it could be uh, okay. a Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, etc. Uh, but it also includes blogs, forum sites, consumer complaint sites, uh, review sites like a like a Google business reviews or uh, reviews which are which are on sites like, uh, say, a Play Store or a App Store. So all of these are places where consumers are expressing themselves, providing feedback, and it's um, it's up to companies to actually pay attention and listen across all of these platforms, reply where they have to, but even if they're not able to reply on that platform, get the insight from there, understand what the consumer is actually saying, and then evolve accordingly. What else do the companies use this, uh, you know, these insights or information right. for? So companies are, uh, their focus in terms of what they're listening to is changing a lot, right? While initially it was only about, let's listen to my own brand, that then broadened to let's listen to what people are saying about my competitors. Right? Then they said, okay, let me also listen to when I'm running a, a specific large campaign, let's understand what the feedback on my campaign is so that I can make changes to my campaign in real time. So if someone's given me some really good feedback about a campaign, something's not working, not connecting with the audience, I can actually change my, my videos, I can change my... Uh, the dubbing, I can change a whole bunch of things around my campaigns uh, in real time, in kind of real time, uh, um, while the campaign is still live. Okay. Next thing they, a lot of people do is they're saying, is it a source, can I use social media as a source of leads? So when people are, yeah, oh. so, so lead generation is another very strong use case. Um, How does so that happen? It happens in, in uh, broadly two ways, right? One is uh, where where you find consumers who are directly asking for your services without necessarily mentioning your brand, right? So these are, they could be, for example, there's a, uh, we were working with a life insurance company and they were keen on capturing these kind of leads from potential investors in their, uh, in their investment related products, right? So what we did was we went to specific forums, which are meant for investors. 
and we actually created accounts on behalf of this of this company uh, not pretending to be other customers or anything but with their actual brand name right? and uh, whenever anyone uh, asked should i go for xyz life insurance or or abc life insurance we were able to answer as a brand saying you know uh, this is we, we we also offer life insurance and you can get it on these kind of terms you can buy it online here and uh, when they realized that this brand is actually participating because we were not only promoting ourselves we were also answering questions that they had which were around providing help around the whole life insurance space so they saw us as a as a valuable partner on those sides and uh, we soon found people actually following those links buying life insurance because we had recommended it and soon we found even people recommending it to others so they would buy it themselves and then they would before we could even reply they would recommend saying you know use xyz life insurance because uh, those guys are uh, very prompt with their service right so so life yeah, that's the yeah. first way where it is very very direct uh the second way is a more indirect way where uh we realized that for many products whether it's uh, insurance or uh even could be home services or various other such products um there are certain triggers that make us want to buy that product right it could be a life event like for example sticking to life insurance yeah, yeah. Right? uh getting married mm-hmm. is a reason why someone says okay now I, there's one more person in my life who matters uh i have to take some li- a life insurance policy for myself or for my spouse or that a child being born suddenly they realize oh i have more responsibilities so they uh, uh they feel it's a trigger for bu- it's a trigger for buying life insurance right so can identify yeah. what these triggers are and then we find people who are talking about those triggers or those life events happening to them a, a change to a move to another city changing houses uh getting married getting a promotion a child's birth and then linking those and then we have a we have intelligent ways of joining that conversation where we do it doesn't seem like we're uh hard selling or we're trying to sell something just because that event has happened but we join that conversation try and take it offline and then potentially sell something to that person as well which are the industries or which are the areas where you know who are more sensitive to what is happening on social media so one thing comes in mind uh, on my, uh, in the mind is finance but yes i know many other instances where even i myself may have used social media when i was not able to reach uh, you know yeah. through a normal channel yeah. so you know the moment you tag the company on twitter someone is likely yeah. to attend to you but which is the so is it only large companies or are there smaller companies also who are uh, you know sensitive to the uh, what's happening on so it's not, really not to do with the size of the company it's got to do with the sector so if a company okay. so it's first of all it is largely b2c there are some good b2b examples but largely it is b2c companies consumer facing companies which uh, use social media very well or they need to use social media very well uh they tend to be uh industries within b2c where uh the product connect is very strong and it's not like a one time purchase and it's one uh, it's bought and, and it's done with like so for example it's not like something yeah. like uh say a cherry blossom shoe polish right because even if there's something wrong with your cherry blossom shoe polish you'll just buy yeah, another yes. one right so it needs to be a, a very yeah. engaging product like like you mentioned like financial products uh like um a hotel stay uh like uh products which have an after sales 
element like say automobiles and so forth where there is a large uh, where consumers it's not just about buying it but it's also about using it and issues that come up while they use it so these tend to be the sectors uh, but it's an interesting question because we're seeing a new kind of company for whom this is absolutely critical and that's d2c companies right direct to consumer companies okay and um, as of 2021 uh, we had uh, reports are that we have about 600 uh, d2c brands in india whose lifeblood is digital and social right so these these are brands which have been built their brand building is also being done digitally online their um, all their uh, customer engagement is online, their selling is online, and finally, customer service is also online. So, because these brands are, yeah. you know, they actually live in social media, uh, for them, a negative comment on social media can be extremely harmful. So, for them, they're also, for them also, this is extremely crucial. And they may not be big brands, uh, but for them, uh, social media listening, uh, social media research, uh, social media customer service, all of these are very critical. So that means in, in short, what you're saying is that wherever uh, the consumer goes, that's where the company would be interested in knowing, you know, what's happening. So since most of us are on social media, I think uh, that's where the research and the insight right. And uh, especially in the last uh, two years, right, since the pandemic, when uh, people have uh, been working from home and they're online all the time, uh, there's been a huge increase in social media usage uh, at all times of day by people because they're just in front of their computers, they're at home. A lot of the other things which they were uh, would have been able to do outside the home suddenly was not allowed. Um, so we found this big, big increase and that we feel that that had, didn't stop with things opening up. That it actually led to some changes in consumer behavior where they became much more reliant to these online, digital, social kind of me uh, mediums and channels. And hence, uh, the uh, it actually changed consumer behavior. And we're seeing that change continuing. And people, uh, and so the importance of social media just increased for uh, companies, and that continues to be the case. Speed is a very important thing, yeah. right? I mean, if I'm asking for information, how long does it take for a company to get this kind of information? Like, is it online? Some system integration required? How does one access this kind of information? There are two main um, kinds of research, right? One is where we are trying to uh, impact a decision which is not real time. That they're trying to decide on a new product or some change in strategy. Now, people don't change their strategy in real time. It's, uh, it's you know, a company would probably change their strategy uh, maybe twice a year or something, right, at most. So for those kind of decisions, an integration is not required. We're not, uh, speed is still very important because you want to be faster than your competitors. Uh, but it is not, um, it is not, you're not going to behave in a tactical manner about it. Okay? Uh, however, on the other hand, there are many other kinds of decisions which are extremely real time, like being able to resolve someone's, an issue someone has, or being able to deal with something that's happening during a crisis, right? So we're, we're very tactical and we're trying to, we want very real-time kind of information. Now that's where it calls for actually being integrated both from a process standpoint as well as from a technology standpoint. Now coming to the first part, the, the, when you're trying to influence uh, some kind of strategic kind of uh, decision, 
these kind of um, the way the typical methodology is where we first understand the main keywords that are being used in conversations relating to that data that is relevant. We then identify what are the main sites where those conversations are happening. If those sites happen to be sites which we're not crawling yet for, which happens very rarely, but it can happen, then we would write additional crawlers for those sites. We would write scrapers for those sites and get the data. Then once the data is is, uh, fetched, it then gets analyzed using machine learning and natural language processing algorithms, which help us understand what topics people are talking about, what are the main themes of the conversation, um, what is the sentiment that's being expressed on each of those themes, uh, what, um, who are the people who are speaking, what are their characteristics, and so forth. And then once we have all that information, that data, that analysis done at the level of individual posts, then we understand trends in the data, we understand patterns, we find anomalies, and finally, there is a layer of recommendation where basis that analysis we're saying, uh, basis that analysis, basis our understanding of that client's domain, we're able to give recommendations in terms of how they should change their strategy. Right. So that kind of exercise would typically take about three months or uh, three weeks. Can you share some example about some strategy to get an idea? Or uh, most, uh, most uh, one of the most common ones is the new product development kind of strategy, right? Where. Yeah, you're, um, you have an idea of the space you want to uh, come up with a new product, uh, but you're, you want to understand much more in terms of um, um, uh, what that product should be, what its characteristics should be, and so forth. The other is around communication. So it's, you're trying to modify your communication strategy. So you're, you want to understand how, how are people reacting to my existing communication strategy? What are they saying about it? What are they, how are they reacting to me? What are, my, what are my competitors doing? What is their compu- uh, communication strategy like? And basis that, we're able to come up, formulate a new communication strategy. How do you work on so that? That's really, there are two parts we do, we, where we uh, work on. The first is um, around customer service, where we're saying that uh, when something is fetched and someone has a query or a complaint, uh, we want that to be a ticket in the company's ticketing, uh, t- the company's CRM system or ticketing system immediately, right? So if I write a, if I have a complaint on social media on Twitter, for example, can I can it automatically create a ticket in my Telisma system or my yeah. um, Oracle hmm. system or whatever, right? CRM? Um, so basis basis. So that's the that's one one kind of integration where. Uh, companies are, so it becomes very seamless because the customer service team, which is at the back end, uh, gets to know all these things happening on social media. They're able to reply to it, and their response is also fed back. So uh, the person who's replying on social media also knows what the back end resolution was, and they're able to respond to the customer very intelligently on social media. Right? And so that's the other kind of integration that happens. And then. Um, we also do integrations which are more like data integrations where we expose the data from our APIs uh, on uh, to BI dashboards that the customer has or, be, or to a command center which we might build for them which could be like a war room kind of situation around a crisis or around a new campaign and so What is the future and how, I mean, if we look at say three years or five years down the line, where do you see this going? Because if I just go back uh, you know, uh, I remember uh, identifying keywords that if this word is good, uh, means positive, this word means negative, right. you know, I mean, that was a basic yeah. 
you know starting point so now we know come along a uh, come along way uh, with machine learning and artificial intelligence and lots of things uh, may be happening you know in the systems itself yeah. so where do you see this going forward in terms of both one is in terms of how this kind of work will happen and second uh, also in terms of um how will the consumer behavior change on social media will it or will it sure. not let's start from the consumer side right so on the consumer side um back in 2009 2010 when we just started uh, a majority of the conversations that were happening on social media from indian users was happening in english and maybe there would be a 5% of conversations which were in regional languages and uh so uh-huh. all the regional languages put together right so including hindi uh, marathi bengali the south indian languages all those language every language in india that's re- the people speak that would account for about 5% of the people but english speaking people uh, are a, are a minority in the country and um, so it, yeah. but so, so social media wasn't a reflection of that and people even when they didn't uh, know english they would try to write in english so the complaints were often in very poor english uh what we're finding with the increasing adoption of the internet in india the penetration being so high as it is today i believe it's uh, uh close to 60 70% now right? so you find that people are writing in their native language very often both writing with the english script as well as writing in their native scripts and we find that that ability so because people are writing in these their own languages companies need to now be able to listen and understand conversations in those languages and while majority of the companies still reply in english or they'll reply in maybe just two or three languages now companies will have to start will have to adapt and will have to start replying in the languages of the consumer so that is one consumer one change in consumer behavior which i think companies will need to adapt uh, adapt to in the future um the other is um uh in terms of uh, uh things like audio and video conversation so while uh today uh, a lot of social when you say social media listening most people are thinking of uh text analysis right but um with the with increasing conversation increasing communication happening on video right it is be important to be able to analyze both the images the frames in the video as well as the audio of that video to be able to understand what consumers are saying and i think that is the uh, from a uh, from a technical perspective that's going to be the next area where a lot of companies will have to focus so uh, so one of course is the being able to do it for regional languages and the second being able to look at yeah. other media like uh, videos and audio and so um it's very interesting because uh we moved from see this is we are kind of moving to uh, you know face to face communication yes. because that's what it it used to be right we would speak to a a consumer in the language he knew uh, in a language that one could best explain right. and uh, also you know the uh, capturing the emotions right. because that uh, you don't really get it in always in text unless uh, the consumer uses specific words so you know like we are we are kind of not moving completely there 
but through social media we are actually going to be tracking all those things you know the voice the tone and uh, the body language and things Absolutely like that right. um and we, there is there are a lot of um, sites where the communication is private so it will uh, you we may we won't ever have access to those but there is still plenty of stuff plenty of platforms where everything is happening publicly yeah. so there is uh, i don't think we're going to run out of sources of data is really about apply yeah. technology smartly uh, apply human intelligence smartly so that uh, together with technology and the right analysts you're able to get those insights that companies really care about mm -hmm. so so this the two things you know one is that uh, individuals want to put out more and more information about themselves right. uh, and that's what we see you know so where they travel what they eat what they wear and you know who they meet sure. those kind of things so i think there's more more than enough that will always be available uh, uh in uh, the public domain uh, in a way yeah but uh, from uh, the technology perspective that is you know from your systems and uh, processes and procedures you will need to make a lot of changes then to be able to analyze and uh, this information Absolutely. because voice and video so, and uh, i think the um in the in the past in the early days you could get by with uh, some smart rules and uh, creating things an approach like bag of words which from a uh, essentially it was similar to what you're saying right where you're saying these are negative words these are positive words those kind of approaches yeah. work kind of worked in the early days but now with more regional conversations with a lot of messy data because even when conversations are happening in say a tamil or in a, a malayalam or a bengali or punjabi it's not grammatically correct uh, conversations anyway so people might be writing in their own first the, the the native language for them but they're still not writing in quality language right so the algorithms themselves yeah. need to be able to manage this handle this kind of uh, messy data uh, and so with the advent of deep learning and a whole bunch of related algorithms uh, we've we're finding suddenly that ai is able to um understand these conversations better and we're able to do a lot of what we could do uh, which where we needed uh, um rules and bag of words we're able to do away with those kind of approaches i was reading somewhere uh, uh, this um, communication that is um, communication through video so do you think it's picking up and uh, many companies or other companies who are doing it so instead of sending a text message uh, they send uh, audio i have not heard of but definitely video messages are going so you think that's going to pick up video messages where they uh, reply to customers response um so i responding i haven't seen a whole lot of that because it requires a, a lot of quality uh, in terms of making sure the person who's actually responding is able to do it in a professional way uh they have the right recording equipment and so forth and are able to speak in the way that the brand wants uh it could very well be the future but i haven't seen it uh in my experience i have not seen much of it recently so it's almost equal to uh, you know face to face so i think uh email and messages give you that little bit of shield where you can you know maybe be yourself gives you a little bit of time to search for things and then put them forward right. could happen on one on one communication uh but um, i don't see it being used on a platform like say 
a Facebook or a Twitter or something where a brand will reply publicly uh, using video. Yeah, but, yeah. but privately, I'm sure it, it can it can work. It probably is a good idea. It's a very interesting conversation with you. I mean, you know, then uh, it gives a, a whole perspective of what can be done, what is being done in this space and what the future is uh, going to be. Sure. Uh, so, Ranjit, do you have any single message that you would like to, uh, you know, give the listeners? My single message is really that um, social media is here to stay. Its form may change, right? It might be XYZ platform today, something else tomorrow. Uh, but consumers are, more and more consumers are going to express themselves on social media Um in their own languages, in their own way, or in video, in text, in various formats. Um, and it's really up to companies to pay attention to those conversations, be part of those conversations, yeah. make sense of it, and then offer better services and better products as a result of understanding this. The consumer is better. Yeah, what you're saying is absolutely right. <laughs> Social media is here to stay. Obviously, it is not, I, don't think, I don't think anyone thinks that's going to go yeah. away soon or ever go away. I think it's become a way of evolve. evolve. It has evolved yeah. so much in the and so fast in the last few days. Accessibility has also increased. So it's going to be a fun area to, uh, you know, uh, to work on for companies. Uh, Ranji, thank you so much for your time and for sharing all these valuable insights. Uh, I'm sure uh, this will be very useful to uh, the listeners because it's giving away, you know, a little inner perspective sure. of what happens uh, on social media. Thank you so much for your Thank time. Thank you so much for your time. I'm very happy to be part of this conversation. Thank you.